0: For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text drive to 94,000. Hope you enjoy the message. This is the teachy teach. Are you ready for it? You're gonna find out. Maybe. That's the goal usually. How's everybody doing? You guys sound like you're doing awesome. Like you're really enjoying yourselves. You're having a great night. You're so excited for the summer. You're good? Good, Jacob. I'm glad you're good. Well, I'm pretty good. I'm super, I'm in a really good mood right now. I wasn't this morning. I haven't been, for, yeah, I wasn't. I haven't been for most of the day, but I took a little nap, and now I'm rejuvenated. I feel excited, kind of. Or maybe I'm faking it. I'm just faking it till I make it. We'll see. My sister has SpongeBob shoes on. I just walked back there, they had like that flowery, weird SpongeBob stuff that they do on the cutscenes. yeah. So if you if you find her let her know. Those are SpongeBob looking shoes. Somebody tell me a somebody tell me a joke real quick before I get started. Anybody got a good joke? I need something to What is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's good. That was good. Only from a dad. Only from a dad. <coughs> All right. Well, we're gonna get into this teachy teach tonight. Um, it's just a it's a one one night um, series called. I guess it's not a series if it's one night. But I have questions. It's about coping, Tyler. Coping is what it's about. So. How many of you have ever been to an escape room? Just raise your hand if you've been to an escape room. You were, really. Do you like escape rooms? So-so? Some of you really like them? Do you like escape rooms? Yeah? I I personally have never, ever, ever, ever been to an escape room. They sound kind of weird to me, I'll be honest. I'm not... They don't excite me even thinking about them. It, it, it sounds like, it definitely sounds like an experience, I'll be honest. Like, it, it sounds like an experience. But whenever I think about it, when I think about these escape rooms, like, you're paying to be put in this situation with, like, a few different people, some that you know, some you may not know, and you're getting stuck in this, in this place, and we're the most, rewarding thing that you do the whole time is leave. So that's like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand why anybody would do it, but it's just me. Uh, So apparently it's really popular. Somebody came up with this idea where you get locked in a room with strangers. You're just with a bunch of strangers. You have to work with them. You figure out like math problems and word problems. And you're just under like extremely kind of stressful situations and for me, it sounds like torture. Apparently, for some of you, it's it's entertainment. You like it. It's exciting. That's cool. To each their own. Sounds like torture to me. So if you've never if you've never been, they all have like this kind of fake theme that they use usually. Um, whether it's like preventing a bomb from detonating, or maybe you're in a building and zombies are going to overrun the place and you have to get out before they do. Like, you get you get this idea that it's pretty simple. You're in this place. You have to get out. You have to escape. That's why it's called the escape room. And when you do, it's supposed to feel, like, super awesome and rewarding. It's supposed to be this cool feeling of we made it, we got out of here, we did it. And I can admit there is there is something about the idea of, like, escaping and getting out quickly that sounds kind of fun to me that is appealing. Like, my competitive side kind of kicks in. And I'd want to be, you know, the first one out, getting out as fast as possible. But it doesn't, I'll just be honest, I don't ever want to do it. And I probably never will. So that's just my honesty. But we're talking about escape rooms because thinking about escaping made me kind of remember when I was younger what escaping looked like. And it was completely different than this idea of an escape room. It wasn't this fun, entertaining exciting thing. It looked a little a little different. So growing up I I was someone who absolutely hated conflict of all kinds. Especially conflict that happened within my own household. I hated 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 when my parents fought. Like it was the worst thing in the world when my parents fought. I especially hated when they were fighting with me because they were upset with something that I had done or something I hadn't done. And whether I agreed that it was, you know, wrong or not, what I did, we would still end up fighting over it. So now I was I was never literally someone who, like, ran away, like, escaping wasn't actually running away from me. But sometimes my brain would go there. I was like, wow, it would be so much easier if I just ran somewhere else and lived on my own. I could, you know get my backpack and pack it up with my PlayStation and, like, the $10 I have to my name and a few other things like that, you know. I'll grab that bag of Lay's chips out of the pantry, and I'll be good for a couple weeks, and then I'll figure it out. But no, I never, I never actually ran away. But as a kid, I would, I would escape from, from fighting with my parents or the fighting that was happening in my house by just staying in my room, you know, with the lights off for hours. Just You know, I would just be ignoring the problem completely, ignoring my wrongdoing, ignoring what was happening, ignoring, ignoring them being mad, ignoring everything, just completely shutting it out. And then whenever I got my driver's license, escaping looked a little bit different. I would, you know, go get food. I'd just, hey, I'm going to go get food, I'm hungry, or I'm going to go drive around for a little bit, I just need to get out of the house, or I'd go to a friend's house for a little bit. But the only problem with this was I'd start to beat myself up a little whenever I would go escape from everything that was happening. I'd feel like kind of immature or foolish about it. Or my parents would text me and they'd be like, where are you? You know, where'd you go? Where where, where have you been? And I knew I couldn't stay away forever. Like I wasn't going to stay away for eternity or for the rest of time. I knew I had to come back home eventually. So at some point, I was going to have to come back. But I wanted, I wanted to forget this pain of me messing up or someone else messing up and me seeing the outcome of it. I wanted to forget the pain of having someone disappointed in me. And I would beat myself up so much to the point where all I wanted to do was just be anywhere but home. Absolutely anywhere but my house. And for the longest time, it seemed like escaping was the best option, like it was a good thing to do. It was easy. It got me away. I didn't have to deal with it anymore. On the outside, if you asked anyone around me, I seemed completely fine, like I was a perfectly fine, happy, lived in a good house. Everything was just great. It was good, but on the inside... I was someone who was insecure, I was anxious, I was bitter, I was angry, I was scared, I was depressed, I just didn't really know it yet. And I thought that I could only feel better if I just escaped from my reality, just escaped from the life that was directly in front of me. And I would find new ways to escape all the time whether it was just spending time with friends all the time or especially trying to spend time with girls because that's just who I was. I always wanted to be around other girls. Then escaped when I started dating Shelby. I would always just be hiding out with her, going to her house, going to do something with her. Or if she came over, we never went and talked to my parents because that's not where I wanted to be because they were probably mad at me for something that I had done or I'd try to hang out with all the older people in high school because they all sounded like they were having a lot better time than me in life. They were were doing all kinds of fun things. They were partying, they were drinking, they were doing all this fun stuff, and it sounded like a lot of fun if I just hung out with some older people, not people my age who were kind of, they weren't very cool, right, because they weren't doing all that stuff, and I was trying to get away from real life. So I'll go hang out with these guys. I somehow got it in my head that I would just count down the days until I could get the heck out of the house. Just stay away and escape from home forever. And if we're being honest, I didn't even have a bad home. So maybe you can relate to my story in some type of way. Whether it has to do with family drama, school pressure, or I'm a human being living in this time of pandemic, injustice, and division all around me kind of stress that we have going on. The reality is, is that we are all feeling a lot of things today, a lot of emotions these days. I heard the analogy once that emotions are like getting calls on your cell phone. Sometimes you expect them, sometimes they're expected, sometimes they're completely unexpected and you have no idea why it's coming up and we have this ability to answer them to respond to these emotions to connect to them we can put them on facetime and focus on nothing but those emotions completely zone in on those emotions or if you're braver than me you just straight up decline them you're done you send them to voicemail pretend they don't exist those emotions aren't real I don't want to feel them. You just push them off. Or you mute them. You turn the fo- phone off. You throw the phone under a pillow, under a blanket, put it back in your backpack. Say, eh, I'm not messing with that today. See, when I was in high school, I would, I would do that last one a little bit. Quite a bit, actually. Emotions would call, and I'd instantly be like, bye. Nope. Not dealing with that. I'd toss the phone ignore it, completely hide from all emotions. It wasn't actually until very, very recently in my life that I realized what I was feeling at that time and the cost that ignoring all of those emotions actually had on me as a person. Maybe some of you, like me in high school, bury your emotions completely. When something happens that you don't like you try to escape to something else. Think about it. When your parents are fighting, or you and your friends are having some kind of, kind of drama, how do you deal with it? Think about it for just a second. How do you deal with those type of things? Do you hide your feelings because you think that showing emotion makes you makes you weak, makes you feel weak, makes you look weak? Or when you feel the pressure to get grades, or to get into a good college, or to handle your own insecurities, how is it that you personally process it all? Maybe you escape by, like, binge-watching Netflix, just watch shows where you can be a part of a different story, a different life, something else that isn't your own that you can take on and just completely get sucked into. Maybe you scroll, scroll through TikTok for hours and hours and hours until your mind is completely numb and you don't even remember what it was that you were upset about. Or maybe you numb by overeating so that you don't feel your emotions or not eating at all to actually feel some kind of control over your life. Maybe you take part in self-harm, hurting others or... You have fits of anger, fits of rage. You quiet the noise of all your emotions with porn, relationships, drinking, drugs. So we just don't have to feel what's going on underneath the surface. It's all bottled up and it's ready to explode. But we keep hiding it. We keep pushing it down. In one word, we are coping. That's what it's called. We're coping. And for a lot of us that means just trying to numb or escape our realities. Numb or escape the things that we don't want to feel anymore. We look for ways to escape because we just we just want relief. We just want relief from the pain, from the sadness, from the feelings that are so overwhelming. The problem is though, is what we do for relief most of the time ends up creating more stress in our lives more issues, more problems. And the reason is, is because ignoring doesn't make something just go away. You can ignore something for as long as you want that doesn't make it disappear. And you probably already know this. You probably have already experienced this in your life. That's why today I want to share with you something that could actually be really helpful for this whole coping thing. It's been... Helpful for me. And a fair warning, it kind of sounds like the worst possible idea at first. Like it sounds like a bad idea when you hear about it. But just stick with me because I actually think it can help us move forward and actually cope with our futures and cope with everything instead of getting completely stuck. So we're going to look at a passage out of the book of Lamentations, which is in the Old Testament. We've been in the New Testament a lot this year and recently, Um, but this one is going to come out of the Old Testament, and it's an early book, and the name of the book comes from the word lament, which basically just means to express grief or mourning, so it's a feeling of sadness. We don't usually use that word, obviously. We don't go around saying, I'm lamenting or anything like that, but we do feel those things maybe you feel it if your team lost the game on the final play or if the family pet had passed away or something it it's just this basic feeling of of sadness and this book is a whole book about being sad so it kind of sounds like a terrible idea right if i tell you why don't we turn to this book about sadness about mourning about lamenting to help us Stop coping the way that we are. But the writer of Lamentations talks about his own situation this way. He says, The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will for, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. So clearly if we look at those first couple verses, he's going through it. Like he's going through it. He says he's bitter beyond words. Like I think we can all get that. Think of something that has left you just completely bitter beyond words and then put yourself in his shoes right now. Something that's just completely ticked you off and left you with this feeling of bitterness. We've all been there, right? At some point, something has made us feel bitter. Maybe it wasn't a super long time, but for a brief period of time, we felt bitter over it. And he, sa- he says he's seriously hurting in those, ver- in those verses. His words show it. It's so bad that he says he will never, ever forget what he's feeling right now. This is important to pay attention to because he isn't downplaying his feelings at all. This is scripture. This is someone in the Bible actually talking about their pain and their sadness and their hurt. And he's not downplaying it. He's not beating around the bush. He's not sugarcoating it. He's telling you he's in pain. He names exactly what is happening, and he doesn't just stop there at naming it. He moves from naming what's happening in his life to naming what is true about God. He makes sure that he tells himself the truth. He tells himself the truth in the middle of his difficult circumstances in life. In the middle of all these awful feelings, he's repeating the truth to himself. The kind of truth that gives him the hope to push forward. I think that sometimes we'll do anything to not feel all of our feelings because it hurts, so we just avoid them altogether, right? But here In this scripture, he demonstrates a willingness to feel, to feel those things, however bad that they are. And the trick is you can't stay there. It's okay to feel, it's okay to feel those emotions and to actually name them, but we can't stay there. In order to fully feel hope, we need to fully feel our other emotions, however painful they are, though. So the question is, how did the writer of this book of Lamentations find, you know, the strength and the courage to feel his difficult emotions? Well, he says this at the end of the verse. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. So he recognizes this new start this new start every single day that we get this blessing that we actually have of of mornings of every morning we get a fresh dose of hope of love and a promise a promise from God and this this is how we can cope better with a fresh hope from God each and every morning God's love his faithfulness and compassion allow us to cope with every Every negative experience or feeling that we may have. You see, we can't we can't escape the pain without escaping the good stuff on the other side. God's faithfulness, it doesn't change. It's new every single morning. You don't lose a little bit of it based on how your day was. It's not a bottle of it like this, and he takes the cap off and you lose some, he pours it out, he's like, Nope you didn't earn the faithfulness today, so tomorrow you only get half of it. It's new every single morning and it's full all the time so when our pain is new, so is God's love when our when our hurt is fresh and it's real, so is God's faithfulness because of god we can we can handle whatever is causing us pain and that doesn't mean that we you should never watch Netflix if you're sad or have an ice cream as you calm down or whatever it may be that you use to kind of cope and calm yourself down. It just means that those things don't actually fix anything. If we want to get through them and not just go around them, we have to feel them. You actually have to feel them. Knowing there is a hope on the other side though. Netflix Netflix can't heal any of our pain. Drinking is not going to take any of the difficulty away from your life. Staying up all night worrying won't fix a single problem. They'll help us escape temporarily, like for the time being, but they won't help us heal. There's no healing in any of it, and we need to heal. And if we want to heal, we have to do what this scripture has shown us tonight. It says we have to do this. There's two things that I think that we need to do. And one is we have to lament. Lamenting is just naming your difficulties, right? Saying how we feel about it. Refusing to act like it's not a big deal. When you are lamenting, be specific. Say them out loud or write them down. And maybe most importantly, say them to God. Your heavenly Father wants to hear from you, and he wants to hear especially when you are hurting. He's not mad if you say, hey, this is awful what I'm going through right now. It's terrible, and I can't handle it. He's not mad at you if you say, I'm bitter beyond words. You can be absolutely honest with God. And the second thing is we have to name the hope that we have. We have to understand that in the midst of our circumstances and feelings that there is still hope. Every single day there's still hope. A bad day, a bad moment, a bad couple of weeks, it it does not equal a bad life. It doesn't mean we have to have a bad forever. God always meets us on other side of it all so just like we're being specific about our pain right naming the pain we need to name specifically what's true and where our hope is found and name it over and over and over again this is how we begin to feel our hurts instead of just trying to escape them as we do hard work here's what we realize we realize that you have to feel to move forward you absolutely have to feel to move forward. I want you to take just a few minutes right now, just a few minutes and think about how it is that you avoid feeling. What is it in your life that you do to avoid feeling altogether? What are you what are you using to turn off or turn down your feelings? Is it social media, video games, sleeping, eating, or not eating? It isn't, it, it isn't that these things are inherently bad in and of themselves, right? It's that these, these things are being used to do something that they weren't meant to do. They're not capable of doing. They're trying to keep us from dealing with reality. See, when these things are used the wrong way, they'll never accomplish what we want them to. Never. You may feel like they do for a little bit, but it'll come back again, or it'll keep building, and you'll keep pushing it down. Or maybe you find yourself engaging in self-harm, drinking, smoking, pornography, or some other thing that only you know about, right? See, in these cases... You aren't just numbing your pain. You're actually hurting yourself. So you need to know that the additional pain that you're creating doesn't erase the other pain. It just adds to it. It doesn't make it go away. And look, I get it. Sometimes this big pain in our lives, it causes us to get stuck in in the coping behaviors we never even meant to use for long term, like you just told yourself, I'm just going to do it this one time, I need to to get through this, or you tell yourself, it's not going to be forever, this is just a season in my life, I'm just getting through it, see if you're using something to numb your feelings, and you aren't sure you can stop, I want you to know that you can invite other people into your life, you can find a trusted friend, or an adult, or a small group leader to help process what's actually going on in your life. So they can help you acknowledge what you're going through, but also they can help remind you of the hope that we all need. And there will come a time when we all need the reminder of that hope. I know I need it. I need it all the time. I'd be lying to you completely if I stood up here and said, I don't need to be reminded of the hope that we have. I'm a human being just like each and every one of you. <coughs> we all need someone in our life that can remind us of the hope that we have in God. So for those of you that are sitting here, you know, still wondering, you know, why would I why would I tell someone else my pain when I haven't even admitted it to myself? I, I, I completely get that. For you, I want you to ask yourself, what is, what is getting in the way of me healing for real? Like, what is it in your life that's getting in the way of you healing for real? See, many of us are embarrassed, ashamed, or afraid of judgment from someone if we admit our pains to them or what we're doing to cope with them. Some of us have believed this this huge lie that Having big pain or big emotions is is weakness it shows that you don't have enough faith it shows that you aren't in the right place in life see opening up and sharing with others who are trustworthy will not only challenge these lies that you keep hold that keep holding you back but they can help lead you to a life of peace and a life of healing and if you aren't quite ready to say it out loud I would I'd encourage you to get out a piece of paper or get out your phone and write it down. Write down what you're feeling. Don't let the moment pass by with you just ignoring the feelings again and again and again. So if you can't say it out loud, if you don't have that courage to say it, then put it down on paper so you can see it. Then when you're ready, you can share those with somebody else. You may even want to meet with one of the leaders that are here to help you figure it out. You see no one should should deal with the hurt from life alone. Nobody. We need each other. So, I ask that you I ask that you stop listening to that lie. That lie that nobody cares. That it's easier to deal with life alone. Or that what you're going through will not matter. That it just doesn't matter to anyone. See, we were made to be together, to be in community, to support each other. More than that, we were made to walk life together, and we all, every single one of us, have our struggles. It may look different from person to person, but we all have our own struggles. For too long, I have, and many, many others, and maybe you yourself, have believed that what we go through doesn't matter. And that we are alone in it. Because nobody cares. But it's just not true. It's not true at all. So if you don't know who to talk to, if you sit there right now and you're like, I don't know who I would even talk to, I can tell you now that the leaders in this room, whether it's a small group leader, a tribe community leader, it's me, it's TiVo, or it's a friend here. Those people want to hear it, and they want to help you, and they want to be there for you. And if you come and you talk to me, or you talk to TiVo, or you talk to one of these leaders, you don't even have to look us in the eye when, you, it, when you're telling us what it is that's hurting you or what you're doing. If you don't have the confidence to look somebody in the face and even do it, you can look at the ground and say it can just send them a text letting them know you're ready for that conversation. We're not going to make it weird. Nobody's going to make it weird. It might be awkward because that's just life, right? Some things are awkward. But I promise you that you'll be glad that you did it. See, we send out a text every single week that's asking you if you have a prayer request. And sometimes I think we take it lightly or it's just, it gets sent out every week. So we're like, yeah, yeah, that's the same text for the prayer request. But we really mean it. Like as a ministry and as a church and as your family, your community, we want to know how we can help, how we can help push you forward. And not only that, how we can support you, how we can pray for you. Because the problem is, is that so many of us are hurting, but we're scared to tell people that we are. But we'll do more than pray with you. We want to talk with you and we want to pray with you. Not just for you. We want to pray with you. We want to walk life with you. See, I truly believe that we absolutely can't escape what we feel. We can numb it for just a little while. But eventually, we have to feel to move forward. You have to face it. We have to feel to be able to move into this, this big, abundant, joy-filled, better than you think is even possible for your life to be right now, that God desires for each and every one of us today. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each and every student in this room, each leader, each person in here that you value so, so, so much. I pray that as we go forward with our nights and our weeks, that we won't forget how much you love us, how much you care, but that you want us to feel, that it's okay if we have emotions, it's okay if some of those emotions are hard and they're difficult, that you want to hear from us, and I pray that you would give each person in here the confidence to not only tell a leader or tell a friend or tell an adult that they would tell you so we could all move forward in this hope that you have, this hope that we have that you've given us. I pray that we would feel your love and that no matter what, no matter how difficult our worries are, how difficult these emotions are, that we would realize in the midst of it all that you're good, that you're really, really good love us, and you want us to move forward. It's your name that we pray.